The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Tuesday, March 24th. The Fujicast. Hello, welcome to the Fujicast Daily. It's nice to have Kev back as well. Hello, Kev. I felt a bit naked without you. <laughs> naked? Not <Yeah>. so, no. <laughs> well, I think about you in the shower. Isn't it the other way around? Oh, my word. What? You, I, I, I'm, not, I'm planning on not having a shower for three months. It's great. I feel unwashed. I'm in the same clothes I started wearing two weeks ago. Are you? Are you? <laughs> um, well, well we, we live in interesting times. Uh, yesterday's um, news was that we, we're not in full lockdown, are we? But we're one step closer to it now, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I would say pretty much we are. It's this is the um, the British way, isn't it? The, the stiff upper lip way of saying, "No, come on, chaps. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's all play fair, and uh, you know, let's just stay at our houses, jolly chaps." Yeah. In a couple of weeks' time, if you've all been good, then we'll think about it again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll all we'll all have a nice cup of tea and uh, and have a little think about this 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 ridiculous situation that we found ourselves in. Um, whereas the Germans, of course, who who have seem to have far less um uh deaths from this have just uh got yeah okay we'll do what we're told yeah. instead of going for nice long leisurely walks around richmond park uh like idiots and clearing the <laughs> and clearing the shelves of stock in germany apparently that's not an issue at all yeah so, sensible people i've seen a few people doing interesting things in our local town okay they um you can check them out by the way um hashtag the unruly underscore uk okay there are there are pretty cool barbers actually it's where all the cool dudes go obviously not me because i don't have hair but um the unruly are doing this thing called crap cuts so <laughs> they, they've they've essentially said well we, we we're not open we're not open for business and it's very likely in three if we're if we're locked down for three months um the fact is you could probably really have a go at sort of homemade hairdressing and barbering at the moment because it'll all grow out again and they're doing this thing, send us your send us your crap cuts and they've started to feature them on their Instagram uh, grid. So I thought that out, out of it comes a bit of humour here and there, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of humour, isn't it? As, uh, as you know, I'm not really doing Facebook at the moment, but yeah. I've um, I've been seeing a lot of good stuff on it, uh, Instagram and, and Twitter, actually, as well. Twitter, I've gone back to Twitter for the first time in a long time as a, uh, as a mechanism of kind of fact-checking news and stuff. It's the gallows humour thing, which we, you know, talk about the British stiff upper lip, we also have this gallows humour, don't we? Brilliant Zach Arias, by the way, mm -hmm. um, on YouTube. He's been doing, he did a cookery show the other day, and mm. uh, and today he's done a kids' channel thing to keep the kids busy. So go, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're he's a good lad. He's a good lad. Seeing a very different side of people. Um, there we go. Um, I, I thought actually it might be a nice idea, Kev. We'll we'll pick out. Um, these are not commercials, by the way, but there are companies that we all work with um, that are going through this as well. And I, I thought I might pick a couple out. Do you, do you mind if I if I mention one here? Actually, um, let's go for um, let's go for Pick Time. Did you see what Pick Time were doing? Uh, no. So <laughs> let, let me be your guidance. Like I said, I'm not on Facebook, so I'm not seeing no, this any of this stuff. this wasn't on Facebook. This is this is a, a mailer that came out. But you, you don't use PickTime. Ah, uh, no, no, use no. Yeah, but I thought this was really nice. They said, let, let's brave this together, an update from our team. Communities going through a hard time during these uncertain times. We want to do as much as we can to adjust this new situation within the limits of what our company can sustain. We're a small independent company relying solely on subscriptions for income. It's about 
bad time for subscription companies, obviously. But payments, so they're doing a payment slowdown, Kev. Starting from um, Thursday, March 26, payment plans will be on slowdown. That means for every one payment, you get 1.5 times your normal plan. Monthly plans, you're not, you, 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 you will be charged every one and a half months, not every month. Yearly plans, yearly payment will credit you a year and a half. So people are doing stuff like this to, um, and they've even said, our team stands with you and we're taking a pay cut here to be able to deal with a loss of income. So we thank each and every one of, uh, of, of the employees' team for understanding the need and willing to be a part of this effort. Um, there, there's some incredible stuff coming out of this where people are giving and... and yeah, yeah. I, I think it's great. I mean, I have... Um, I, I, I've been doing my accounts today, <laughs> my uh, bookkeeping. It didn't take days. very long. Happy days. And <laughs> I, um, <laughs> one of the things I noticed was all of the subscriptions that I've got that are tiered, uh, tied to the US dollar oh. are suddenly a lot more expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, like Pixaloo Smart Albums that I use, which normally comes in around about £12, yeah. was nearly £15 this month because obviously we're at a, I don't know, something like a 135-year low against yeah. the dollar or something. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that Adobe might do something. Some, some, uh, it'd be a nice I think they were giving away, weren't they giving away the um, Adobe Creative Cloud Photography subscription free for two months, I think. Well, they? I think they did something like that, yeah. To brand, um, brand new customers only or to all those using it? I have no idea. I just saw something about it. Oh. Um, probably brand new customers only. But, so, uh, you know, they, us, these, yeah. these people have got to make a living as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, just picking out a few of those that are that are doing their bit during this time as well. So I've got one. I've got one, by the way. Patrick, you know, Patrick Laroc, the, the yeah. god of all things great, yeah. um, <laughs> still in his little quarantine house in uh, in Canada somewhere. He, he messaged me yesterday, actually, saying that he's making all of his publications on his website uh, totally free for, wow. I don't know, a month or something. Now, in fairness, they don't cost a lot anyway. Um, but if you go to Patrick's website, um, I guess it's under publications or something like that. And he's he's such a creative genius, as you know. Yeah. He's got music and books and all sorts of stuff going on there. I imagine in his house he'll be there strumming strumming the guitar each night to the kids, entertaining. I can imagine living in his house during these times would be quite intriguing. Yeah, yeah, he's probably he's probably built a boat as well in the garden or something like that, you know. Or, <laughs> he's got right, we've got some questions. Are you ready? Um, mm -hmm. James Bolton, hi. What are your thoughts in the uh, the conversion lenses for the X100 series? I've just got an X100V for personal work. You've used conversion lenses for your X100s, haven't you? Of course yep. you have. What are your What are your thoughts? What do you have? Um, they're fine. You know, they uh, they 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 make the lens a little bit bigger. Um, you have the teleconverter and the wide-angle converter. Now, remember the um, uh, the X100F and the X100V have a built-in digital teleconverter. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're only interested in teleconverter, you might want to think about that because that's an oft-overlooked feature of the X100s. Um, the wide-angle conversion lens is neat. I like that. Um, there's no real optical um, loss of quality or anything like that. Of course, you've got to screw them in. Um, there's two versions, version one and version two of both lenses, and uh, they are pretty much identical. The only difference is you don't have to update the menu setting to tell the camera that you've got the uh, the conversion lens on. So yeah, I've got them. I, I think they're they're pretty cool. If you can uh, if you can add them to your arsenal, do it. Martin Pemberton was uh, in the Facebook group. If you haven't come into the uh, the Fujicast private Facebook group, ask to join. We'd love to see you there. Play nice though. I fell into the, he says, I fell into the YouTube rabbit hole earlier and came across this. I thought it was right up Neil Street and, 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 and so we've shared it. On, he shared it in the Facebook group. It was basically it was a film, Kev, about David Yoda, who, who had six months photographing the Pope. 
completely unrestricted access. You should, oh, my word. you should see the angles. There are some angles where he's in the in the. Is it the Sistine Chapel? Sistine Chapel, it would be, wouldn't it? And he's and he's literally in the gods, looking down at the Pope. Um, so it's just incredible. He's right next to him. He, he, it's it's a it's a short focal length heaven um, piece because you know a lot of the time it, it's he's, he's shoulder to shoulder with the Pope. Oh, I'd love to see that. What did you say it was? David Yoder. David Yoder. Um, Y-O-D-E-R. There's a film, actually, that um, National Geo made. It's a, it's a very short film, Kev, but it's it's fascinating. You've got to watch it. Look it up on YouTube. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, and a question was suggested after, who in history, dead or alive, would you like to be able to follow for six months to tell their story? I think I know who you're going to choose because we've had a question like this before. I'm going to just see mm. what you do, though. So if you could choose any, any historical character. Who would you? Uh, I I would go for Henry VIII. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Oh, I'm Henry VIII. I am. I am. Why? Henry VIII. I am. <laughs> why? Why Henry VIII? Oh, because he was he was what well, he's he's like a, a cornerstone of history, isn't he? Yeah. He was a brute. He was a git. He was fat. He was thin. He was ugly. He was nice. He was charming. He was. I wouldn't. Suge- I wouldn't suggest you say this stuff to him when you go back in your time machine to photograph him. Um, the kids, Albie was uh, learning about him uh, in school. Re- yeah. You remember school? Remember when the kids used to go to school? What school? That thing? S- school? School? <laughs> school? School? Um, and they uh, they were learning about him, and they they learned a song, and I can't remember what it was now. But it was uh, this is terrible. This could just go ramble. Um, I'm, I'm Henry the Eighth. I am. No, no, no. It was about the wives. Um, Oh, right. One died, one survived, one beheaded, one survived, one died, one cried, one something or other. <laughs> Is that the way I they teach forget. history in school now? That's, that's not exactly <laughs> how it went. <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if you had un, unbridled access to Henry VIII, mind yeah. you, some of it would be a bit horrible, wouldn't it, when he's dealing with his wives? Yeah, it'd be horrible. He'd be yeah. brute, brutal. Yeah. Um, would you, are you, well, I mean, you don't like you, – I mean, you can't stand – you you can't stand horror films. I mean, uh, we've already established that John Nettles and and what was it called Midsummer Murders about as far as you go down there. What 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 would happen if Henry VIII said, "Well, today we're going to one of my wife's beheadings." Um, See, that's I'd your problem. Probably, I'd probably ask you to go instead. <laughs> no, because no, I've chosen two different characters. You see, who are you going for? I've just thought David Attenborough. Mm-hmm. Or I'd love to spend um, just just have access to David Attenborough. Or, or the other one was, but I have to learn um, how to film and photograph underwater. Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau. He would be an yeah. amazing person to fire, I think. Yeah. So. yeah. Anyway, um, Simon Picard from, it looks like Quidditch in Devon, but it's not, it's, it's Quoditch. Quoditch. Quidditch. Well, no, Q- Q-U-O-D-I-T-C-H. Which is Quoditch, but I, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, he lives in a place called Quidditch. Well, there's plenty of pay- people who live in a place called Rugby. That's true. Hello, <laughs> hello, Kevin and Neil. Thanks for the dailies. I wish there was something I, did, I could do to ease this crisis, but at almost 68 years of age, chaps, I'm doing my best not to shuffle off this mortal coil just yet. So I've taken my camera, Fuji X-E3, with me every time I've stepped outside. Not that I meet anybody in deepest North Devon, but I think it's important to record the local community's behaviour, how full the car parks are, how empty the streets are, that sort of thing. And as a result, helps with social distancing. Raise a camera to my eye and I'm given a wide berth. Result. 
Uh, we've got a long slog ahead of us, but if we all play by the rules, and the vast majority of us will pull through, perhaps bruised and battered, but in one piece. He makes a good point. Of course, it's going to be very difficult to go out now and do any f- uh, photography, isn't it, in some countries, in this country, definitely. Well, it's difficult to go out, let alone go out and do photography. <laughs> I know. Have you thought, we were allowed to go out once a day for exercise, aren't we? So, And if you've got, well, if, if you've got a dog, you're okay as well. So you can take Git and... Um, and Git and Breezy. And, and Git and Breezy. Yeah, we've got a couple of those uh, those those little living gloves that live in the garden as well. We can put them on strings and drag them around the streets. Uh, hamsters or guinea pigs or something. They living are. what? Gloves? Living gloves. Living gloves? Like, like a pair of gloves that crawl around the garden. <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, do you know guinea pigs? We talked about guinea pigs last time. But I had a little guinea pig when I was young. It was called Toffee. Um, it's called toffee. I was very inventive with the names. It's called toffee because it looked like just one great big slab of toffee. You know what? They they are like that. You're right. They just like, like well, they're a blob, uh, aren't they? Really? Ours is called marshmallow. <laughs> and, and get this, the massive one, yeah. and he's huge. He's he's the size of of Monty the dog. He's called Chubby Cheeks. Chubby Cheeks. Oh, brilliant. That's a great name. Or they, well, they have... might actually be girls. We don't know. Oh, right. It's definitely either two boys or two girls because we haven't had a hundred more little uh, little hairy things crawling around. <laughs> it's not one of each. <laughs> well, to- I remember Toffee um, lived to a grand old. I, 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 they're not supposed to live that long, are they? But Toffee lived a grand old age. I mean, oh, how a, long? Um, I, I think it was about eight, nine years or something. Oh no, really? No, no, I'm wrong. It was 16, 16 years. No, no, I'm just, I don't know. I'm guessing a bit. But I do remember the day that Toffee passed on, you see, because we had some, we had some friends come round and they had younger children. And my mum said to me, why don't you go and show the kids Toffee? I said, all right, I'll go and see Toffee. And Toffee was just a bad attitude problem, really. He wasn't, wasn't very social at all. He used to run off every time he went anywhere near Toffee. I put my hand in. Sounds and wh- like me. And <laughs> but Toff- <laughs> Toffee didn't run off. Toffee stayed up. So I sat there stroking Toffee for a little while, thinking, Toffee, Toffee seems remarkably rigid. <laughs> and, and, and Toffee had... Uh, and then I noticed Toffee wasn't really... Well, Toffee had moved on. And I, I went. I went back to Mum. I said, uh, I, don't, "I don't. I don't think Toffee wants to see anybody today." And she said, "Don't be daft. Show the kids. Go get it out. Don't be silly. Don't be horrible. Don't be selfish." I said, "No, really. I, I don't think Toffee's in the mood for any visitors right now." I can't remember what ended, but I just remember having an argument with my mum about her saying I was selfish and I was trying to save the small kids from finding out what Toffee looked like when Toffee had passed on. There we go. <laughs> Any big story. I lost you there, really, didn't I? Uh, yeah. Uh, are you still going? Yeah, I'm still I'm going. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. 16 years for you with the, with the guinea pigs. Ugh. Anyway, one from Tom here. Um, this is from Tom Tom Spierenberg in the, in the Netherlands. You were supposed to be there last weekend, weren't you? Mm. Mm. Are you rescheduling that? No, well, it was a wedding. No, 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 no. But you were going to do a workshop. Oh, the workshop I was going to do there. Yes, we will re- re- reschedule that too. Yeah, Brilliant. Definitely. All my workshops. Good. Um, uh, yeah, everybody's been very good about that. Thank you. Any of you listening? <laughs> uh, love your show. Love your effort to keep the show going daily while we endure this thing. Here's my question, maybe a tad long. Um, I recently bought a new X camera, and although I never really had any big problems with dust or dirt on the centre, I can't help myself wondering about why the camera, or Fujifilm in that regard, um, doesn't give us the option to close the shutter when turning the camera off so we can switch lenses during dry, dusty and windy situations? Or do you think the shutter is more delicate or too difficult to clean in a sensor? Uh, hold on, sorry, say that again. I missed, I didn't quite I think understand Tom, that. Well, Tom's looking for... Well, I think... 
Canon have a very similar thing that when you take the lens off, a space closes across the, the sensor to prevent you damaging or getting dust or moisture or anything on the sensor. And why can't Fujifilm do that sort of thing? Does that happen with Canon, does it? It yeah, never happened when I had Canons. No, 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 Canon mirrorless. Oh, mirrorless. Mm. Um, is there a reason why that couldn't happen? Is it is it just is it something to do with the the space between the sensor and, uh, and the lens? I don't know. I mean, uh, Fujifilm, you know, they do have different sensors in terms of the color array and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So maybe there is something to do with the space, but. I'm not sure if I would be too keen on that. I have to say, imagine shooting a wedding and you change the lens and that this little thing comes down and then doesn't go back up again. It's just one something else to break, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure I'd be keen on that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. All to right. be honest with you, I mean, I get the point. I get, I absolutely, yeah, the technology makes a lot of sense. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe it could be something you could switch on and off as an option. Yeah. We'll part that one in the one day Fujifilm may think of that one. What do, what do the Japanese say whenever they, there's an idea that they can't quite put into action, but they, you know, they don't want to say no? We shall consider. We shall consider. There we go. Yeah. We shall consider. Oh, well, I think I think that's it. Um, we're going to end, actually, with an interview. We had a, a note from Carl Spring, who offered up some time of his to talk about how to deal with this situation many of us photographers all over the world are working with right now. Not the virus itself, but the homeschooling of our kids Carl's a teacher, but he's also a photographer in his first year of business, so these are particularly interesting times to launch a photography firm. I had a chat with him earlier today, Kev. Carl, what do you teach? Uh, I teach media studies now, so my background has been in teaching uh, graphic products and graphic design and ICT and media studies, and I now basically just teach two days a week just doing um, sixth form media studies. So it's kind of been... It's weird to see it from a six-point point of view, especially with us doing media, because obviously... We've been watching the news and analysing the news lesson to lesson, week to week. Yeah. Uh, and actually seeing those kids kind of get the idea of what's coming is quite scary. What, what, are, the, what are the kids being like? What have they been saying? It, it's varying degrees of, of from I couldn't give a toss to absolute all-out panic. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the t- kids I teach is uh, asthmatic, so he's absolutely worried. Um, there's kids with parents with underlying health conditions. Yeah. Uh, and then there's kids who are just like, it's not going to really affect me if I get it. Never mind. How have you addressed that? Um, try not to swear at them too much, if I'm, if I'm totally honest. Yeah. Um, I kind of let the other kids make the arguments for me, because obviously if you've got a kid who's, whose dad's got underlying health conditions, they're going to come straight back at it. So they're going to do, they're going to talk amongst themselves. And, and the biggest thing you can do as a teacher is let them talk and let yeah. them sort of argue it out amongst themselves and then just interject if it gets too heated, because I think that's the best way, especially in sixth form, for those kids to start to learn. You're a photographer as well, aren't you? Yeah. So does this mean you're teaching two days a week and photographing three days a week? Yeah, so I um, I quit full-time teaching um, last August, so a brilliant year to go into it trying to make a go of yeah. it, eh? yeah. <laughs> But um, basically now um, I kind of I work Thursday and Fridays in schools and then the rest of the week and the weekend of mine, so I'm, I'm sort of getting weddings on Saturdays and then bits of corporate work and headshots and all that through the week so it's kind of been it's given me a safety blanket to jump um into sort of trying to make a go of it full time which has been it's been quite interesting um until just about now because obviously it's just absolutely blown everything apart if i'm honest i mean suppose you you made a good decision though to have a a wide canvas in terms of the genres you're going to work in because i i think that's that's going to be the safest thing you can be as a photographer when we come out the other side, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of that thing. I think it's um, 
weddings are always going to be difficult um, because there just seems to be more and more people coming into it. So I think it's, it's going to get more and more competitive. And I think the the more you can do, the wider you can throw your net. I know it's kind of jack of all trades and everything, but I just mm. think it's a case of at the moment, especially when we come out the other side, it's going to be grabbing whatever work you can get. I think there'll be a glut of weddings, obviously, where everyone just wants the same date and it'll be there'll be scraps to be had there. But I think it's a case of trying to do as much as you can and as many types of photography as you can. Right, put your teacher's hat back on. Okay. Um, because one of the reasons you, uh, you you contacted us was that you said that um, you might have some ideas on how to how to deal with the kidlings, as Kev calls them, uh, <laughs> du- during the, the next weeks or months, however long this is. So you've got some suggestions, haven't you? Some ideas uh, about how to how to homeschool and how to look after them while they're while they're schooling. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest issue that I'm seeing and hearing from obviously friends who are teachers at the moment is. This whole year 11, so if you've got kids who are coming up and meant to be sitting their GCSEs this year, it's, as far as I'm aware, it's over. It's done. There's no exams. Coursework's being cancelled. There's no 110% guidance yet, but it's kind of that thing of with, if you've got kids coming up to exams, don't instantly start piling pressure on your exams are coming because they're going to come straight back at you with actually, no, they're not. It's a really, really scary time for for all kids, uh, especially those kind of coming to the exams because they're worried about college and those obviously those doing A-levels worry about university and stuff like that. And I just think at the moment it's a really, really scary time and just let them for these first couple of weeks and then obviously you've got Easter holidays anyway, just let them decompress, let them uh, get over what's actually happening in the world because it's, it's absolutely as scary for them as it is for us. And I think as parents, what we try and do is... Um, this, it's basically called helicopter parenting, where we're kind of over the top of our children all the time. Oh, are you okay? Do you need anything? Are you sure? Is there any way I can help? And I think it's kind of sometimes they just need to be left alone and let them kind of ask questions as they need to. I think that's that's a really important point going forward, is just let them ask the questions rather than kind of keep constantly checking on them. What do you do with them? Because our Jack, he's um, in his first year at secondary school now, or higher school for those listening in America. And he is is he's consuming news. Would would you turn the taps off a little bit? I mean that that's always a really difficult one um, because it's great that they want to to look into it and all the rest of it. But I think I hate to use a Trump term, but obviously there is a huge problem with fake news. And obviously these kids are on social media, so they're on Instagram, TikTok, less so Facebook. But they're going to be getting a lot of things that are just being put out there, unfortunately, by these influencers who are doing it for views. So there's going to be, oh, my God, this is happening. Did you, Can you believe it? You know what I mean? The clickbait. Mm. But if you can kind of guide them and kind of guide them to reliable sources, I think it's really good and a good practice for their, for their later years in school to let them look into it and research. But obviously, again, try and gently guide them into exploring more than one source so to speak so our school um immediately went into um to this you know you're not having a holiday mode and and issued lots of work um so nine o'clock day starts this is what we're doing the headmistress said we might just be video calling some people which put the fear of god into them so they wouldn't be too far away from the from the computer you know in a school where 15 to 1800 kids go i think that's very very unlikely but you can't tell a child that is is that the right way then? Because we've, we've sort of, my wife has sorted out a timetable, right? We're doing that there, that there, that there. You can have a break there and, they, and then you can do this, then we've got lunch. So we, we've kind of laid out this, this school 
um, school structured day, but it sounds to me like you're saying maybe you should relax that for the next couple of weeks up to Easter. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult, um, especially for any of my employees listening. This is my own comments and not of my schools. Um, But I, I think, honestly, a lot of what's being set across the country is glorified homework. It's kind of, there's this you, you need to go to school and you need to do these things and you must have a school day and you're not slacking off. And again, it's it's attacking the kids before they've even done anything wrong. And I think parents are very guilty of that in a lot of circumstances too. Like, it's nine o'clock, you should be working. Yeah. Well, these worksheets are, are kind of one of the, the, the things as well because in an hour's lesson, like you'll have 10 minutes introduction to what's happening and then you'll kind of go over the theory and then they'll probably do 10 to 15 minutes work. Then you'll have a check. And then another 10 to 15 minutes work and then five minutes check at the end. So in an hour, realistically, a child's going to do like 30 minutes of solid sit down writing in their book or typing at a computer or something like that. And these sheets and, and the way they've just kind of been thrown out by by some places are very much a case of work for an hour on math and do as many sheets as you can. And then the same in English and all the rest of it, whereas actually the kids might not ever do that amount of work in a lesson. So just be mindful that just because you've been given this big pack, it doesn't mean that they have to try and do it all at once or, or work solidly. The biggest thing I'd say overall is to parents, don't worry. Like, it's the equivalent of me doing the Joe Wicks thing. Like, I started this Joe Wicks thing with my kids yesterday. It nearly flipping killed me. I'm glad, I'm glad I've never been a PE teacher. But whatever you're doing is brilliant. You're doing a great job. Yeah. And just don't stress on it. Some wise words from Carl Spring. We may well be hearing from him again. If you'd like to... Go and check out his work. As you heard, he's uh, ramped up to this year as being an important transition year when all this happened, so I thought it might be nice to share the site. It's uh, 166photography.co.uk. Numericals for the number, 166photography.co.uk. So that's it, Kev. What's your plans for this this evening, then? What's on the... Um... What's on the Kev radar? Yeah, I might start on Miss Marple. I think there's, there's hundreds of them. <laughs> oh now, actually, I'll tell you what I did watch. Yeah. Um, again, I think this was something that came through on Twitter, uh, or it might have been on Instagram, or it might have been via Featurecast. Um, something on the BBC iPlayer, and it's called uh, ooh, The Art of the Image, I think. Um, the art it's really of cool. the image. The art of the Im- I think it's called the art of the image. Is that a photography show? Kind of. It's basically about art and photography and the overlap, and is a little oh. bit in there about um, Albert Einstein. Is uh, I've only re- watched the first one. I think there's three of them. Um, it's by that, uh, or the guy that's running it is uh, that art historian, Dr. David Fox. Really good, good bloke he is. Mm-hmm. I like his stuff. I like his books and everything, and it's it's really interesting. I yeah. feel I feel we're giving people homework. Give them Zach to look at. You've given them the art of the image to look at. I'm sure it's, it won't be called the art of the image. It'll be called anyway. So just look at David Fox on mm. iPlayer, and you'll find him. BBC iPlayer, very good, very good little program. Even Gemma liked it. And mind you, she's, <laughs> she's into um, even she Gemma loves, liked it. Well, she loves art, not so much photography, but yeah. she likes art. So it was very interesting. Don't forget to get out there with those dogs and give them a walk as well, especially Git, because he's going to go mad if he doesn't get any walks. <sighs> he couldn't go any madder. <laughs> Well, we'll see you, okay. uh, see, you, see you tomorrow. Oh, and also, if um, if you get a chance to share this, share it, because um, as I know it, um, I think we're the only um, daily podcast at the moment trying to join the communities together. And it doesn't mean that we're medal-worthy, I know that, but it's just really nice if we can get uh, the community together from all the other brands as well, so we can all talk photography. And also, just finally, thank you to everybody who has 
um, thrown a few pennies into the tip jar. Oh. Very, very much appreciated. This isn't a uh, this isn't a call to arms for more, but it's a, a little appreciative uh, nod of thanks to you, you, you guys. You, you know, you should girls. you should do that thing that I've seen some people do on on YouTube, where they say I've I've got um I've got dogs and cats to feed or something, where they're trying to get people to join their Patreon. Just say, look, you've got little git to feed there. <laughs> I don't give him any food. <laughs> oh, poor kid. <laughs> see, see you on the show tomorrow. See ya. Bye bye. The Fuji Cast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.